What's up, everything? The offseason for the Blues is just starting to warm up as news slowly trickles into the Gateway City about what the team could look like next season. We'll talk at length about Carl Gunnarsson's retirement and rumors of Matthew Kachuk's displeasure with Calgary. Then we'll dive deep into the comments made by Mr. Moneybags himself, Tom Stillman, about his belief that the cup window is still very much open and his intention to spend to the salary cap next season. It all sets up for an exciting offseason with $17 million up for grabs. So let's get started and let's go to the moon. Yeah. All right. Look, let me tell a little story about a guy named Grimes. He sat at home hurting, had to make up for the time. He started playing games and invested all his change. Now he's worth much more than a couple little dimes. Cashed out. See the wealth. He's been working on the fast route. Mr. Regal looking, want to know what that's about. But we just say it like this. Anybody that's against me, y'all can kiss my grits. I'm stacking money. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Thursday, June twenty fourth, and it is a lovely evening in Baldwin, Missouri, where we don't record, of no. course. And we're in Transylvania in a catacomb with incredible Wi-Fi reception. <laughs> but do you think Transylvania is like that? Do you think maybe it's actually a nice place that Probably. lacks vampires? They're like, <laughs> like, what if we get bad rep? I assume they still do sound. Oh like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That's their. That's that's just their native tongue. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, look at that. It looks gorgeous. That's yeah, gorgeous. I'd love to go there. Yeah. Have you ever seen pictures of Croatia before? No. I'm sure their cities are still ravaged from the '90s, <laughs> uh-huh. but. Oh my god. But like the coast there? It's like coastal and gorgeous? Oh, it looks amazing. Let's go to Croatia. You want to record a couple episodes in Croatia? Let's book the tickets. If anyone has an in with like Visit Croatia or Croatia Tourism, just give us a call. I bet that is one of those things though where it's like you can actually take a really nice vacation to Croatia for like... A fourth of the price that it goes to, like, the coast of Greece or Italy or whatever, you know? Those are the countries I've heard, though, that, like, the police will kind of be like, Hey, man, uh, you stepped on, like, the wrong brick in the road. And you're like, huh? And they're like, that's $200 that we take you to prison. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, okay, here's $200, (laughs) euros. And they go, okay, bye-bye then. Yep. We handled that, like, as the Croats say, you step on brick. You pay for tick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you tried. You tried. They did make it to the second, the knockout stage of the Euros. Oh, yeah? I saw a guy today walking down, um, what road is it? It had to be Henry, Manchester. Henry. It was down Henry, which sounds like it's in Baldwin, but this is also a was, city in Transylvania. Yeah, that, that's a, a road street there. in Pennsylvania. Hey, and he was you. wearing a Croatia jersey, yeah. which may or may not be interesting depending on how close Transylvania is to Croatia, which you would think I would know because I'm there 
but I'm not and I don't. Is it in Romania? Is that where Transylvania is? I think so. Okay. And it's nowhere near Pennsylvania. <laughs> I mean I mean probably not. Closer than like Neptune. Yeah. Considerably yeah, yeah. closer it's than Neptune. It's all relative. Yeah. All right, folks, (laughs) that'll give you a preview of what we're talking about tonight. There's actually a ton of blues discussion to be had this week. We're not even going to talk about the other stuff. I don't know what the other stuff would be, but... um, I mean, there are playoffs going on, but (laughs) we don't care about those. No, we already... We we turned that off because overtime is great, but so is sleep. Sleep is fantastic. Look, I've never gotten any, but I've heard it's I've heard rave reviews. Again, this makes you sound like you're a vampire in Transylvania. Well, there we go, yeah. I've never slept during the night before. Oh. Ha, 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 or something, you know, something. <laughs> Carl Gunnarsson isn't a Transylvanian vampire to the best of my knowledge, but he is retired. Um, he retired. <laughs> he was he's he was a great blue and um, you know, I don't, I'm not exactly shocked that he retired because of his injury history. Um, but, you know, it kind of came out of left field. He had the, a really moving article in the On the Blues website about the city and some of the experiences he's had. And he says, as I hang up for the, my skates for the last time, I'm not sure what the future holds for me, but I know I'll love the game of hockey no matter how hard she makes it. So I'd like to thank her, the game of hockey, for letting me love her and for all that she has <laughs> Damn it. I'm I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Damn it, Carl. I, I choked uh, a little on spit and you were talking yes. about that and it was all in one. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to thank all the fans, friends, staff, coaches, teammates, and everyone I've crossed paths with. During my time with her, why? <laughs> this is getting. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get. I know poetically personifying things. Yeah. I get it. But we, you, you hit the note a couple times too many there. And to my family, none of this would have been possible without you. I love you, but just not as much but as her. Not as much as hockey. <laughs> Who is a woman? Who I see on the side. A buxom woman. <laughs> If I could describe what hockey looks like, and they said, Carl, Carl, that's okay, that's okay. <laughs> Got his mic. Cut his mic. God. Oh, my God. So, Carl Gunnarsson, a member of the NHL Alumni Association, 629 career games, 30 goals. Yeah. Wouldn't have ever believed that. Um, he had a season with us where he scored five. Oh, was that the boom, boom season? Maybe that was the boom, boom season. It must season. have been. Uh, and 304 games, or 325 games as a blue, 52 points, 41, plus 41, average 16 minutes a night, obviously plagued by injuries throughout his time here. He retires at age 34, um, and I don't know what's next for Carl, but I bid him a fond farewell. Another Mm -hmm. member of the cup roster, gone from the franchise, although I think that was pretty much a certainty either way. Um, your thoughts on Carl Gunnarsson, Ian? Let's see. We're, I was trying to find the little stat that I read somewhere. Um, Jeremy Rutherford said, In seven seasons with the Blues, Gunnarsson had 505 block shots in the regular season and 88 in the playoffs. If you take his 505 block shots in the regular season and factor in his ice time, he's had the most blocks per 60 minutes of any Blues player since 2014, which I believe is the year we acquired him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really impressive. It's he's an you know he's a unsung hero generally speaking everyone will talk about 
the game two overtime goal that he called while taking a piss next to Bruve. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an amazing, and I mean, it's amazing and it's like a thing of legend, but also like every, every season he was out there as a, essentially a defensive defenseman putting in the hard minutes. I mean, we got him for Roman Polak, right? Which I think is a good trade for we both teams at the time. And the pick that yeah. became Billy Husso. Honestly, there you go. Um, I think that's that was a great trade. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was a fine trade then, and it's an even better trade now. Um, that's one of those trades that like you don't it meant nothing at the time, right? Mm-hmm. It was like out of left field, and I think we're probably gonna have a few of those this year, where it's just like body for body, mm-hmm. or you know, like with maybe a, like a a pick or something on the fringes. But like, I think you're gonna have a lot of those with a flat cap, right? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just gonna be shuffling players around rather than being like a pick. You know, a player for a ton of money going mm-hmm. one way and like no money going the other way. Yeah. It's like no, it's gonna be like an equal exchange for sure. Um, yeah, Great alchemy. I mean, it sucks that Gunnarsson missed almost half of his possible games as yeah. a blue with injury. Um, but you know, he'll always have that iconic goal. Um, and you know, I don't know if he wants to go back to Sweden. He said he loves St. Louis and loved mm-hmm. raising a family here. If he wants a role in the organization, I say give it to him. Give him a statue. Give him everything. You were surprised how dead downtown was. Um, you get used to it. I think mm-hmm. he's used to it by now. Yeah, for sure. He's like, this is nothing like Oribro, Sweden, where I grew up. If I could change anything about St. Louis, anything at all, and it's like, it's a big thing, so it's not like I'm picking something tiny. I would overhaul the entire downtown. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I would bury it to the ground. I just wish there was stuff to do downtown. Yeah. You know, and that there was stuff to do and a lot of people wanted to do said things. Uh-huh. Because it does feel like, I like a lot of stuff about the city, but the hub in which it is built around is like a dead husk. Yeah. And it's like, we all live in the orbit of this dead star uh. <laughs> it's like and sometimes we visit the dead star when a team is playing on said dead star and otherwise we leave it alone yeah um yeah but for carl i'm i'm glad he was here he had a nice long career uh but yeah i think it made sense given all his injuries to retire and everything who steven will be the next injury prone blue we had carlo koliakovo for a long time we have carl gunnerson it feels like you have to have some sort of carl in your name <laughs> Jaden schwartz is yeah he's there already if he stays he's an obvious candidate um do we have any carls right now we're gonna have to trade know, for like carl Hagelin and have him get injured yeah. all the time we need uh who's the other one we need the guy off the abs that we originally drafted carl, oh, carl soderberg, soderberg yeah. yeah um i love europe because uh coral Coral Gunnarsson is from a town with a metro area of 200,000 people, which isn't tiny, Mm -hmm. but it's small. Yeah, Springfield, Missouri. And um, there's just just a castle with a moat in the middle of town. Well, of course, yes, yes, yes. And... That's where he lived. (laughs) Probably, like, just like, just just a straight up castle, you know? And that's fine. You can see it from this angle. It's like not even that far from the rest of the city. <laughs> it's just on a lake. Um, and there's other like palatial buildings and 500 year old cathedrals there. And I just, you know, we've got the arch. We've got some stuff. But it's just like <laughs> every mid sized town in Europe has some like 500 year old building that was built in the middle of a lake or something. So um, I would bid farewell to. Uh, Carl Gunnarsson in Swedish, if I knew any, 
but I don't. So I will just say thanks for your time. Cheers to you. Snazziest dresser on the team because he dressed oh, yeah. just like you that one time we met. I went as Carl Gunderson Very, that night. I don't I don't flex on this because I've met like literally three blues and they were all that one night but <laughs> uh but we did speak to him at an event for a little while very pleasant very mm. just seemed very down very nice very guy. nice guy um and wish him well wherever he ends up speaking of which the, the three <laughs> the three blues that you met that one night i was in the same place as uh-huh. another blue this last past weekend oh yes you were yeah. tell I, us about that i Excitement. was at nathaniel reed S tier. If we're ranking things, Nathaniel Reed S tier bakery in St. Louis. I've got an update on yeah. something I've tiered too highly in the past. Oh, but please oh continue. boy. Yes, that's what I want. I yeah. want to rip one. Yeah. Um, but I, I turn. I'm sitting there in line. They're still doing a limited amount of people in this tiny little place that feels like it should be bigger for how much money they're probably ranking mm-hmm. in. Move. Buy the place next door. Knock down the wall. Like mm-hmm. do something. Um, and there's a line out the door. And I'm inside, and I kind of turn around to look out the back door, and I see this guy, and I'm like, I feel like I know this person. And whenever <laughs> that happens, the first thing I think is like, did I go to high school with this person? Right. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Isn't it upsetting, though, that the Blues players now could be people that you went to high yeah, school Yeah, right. I'm like, they could be the same age or younger. Um, Robert Bortuzzo has to be older than yeah. this, right? And so, yeah, I noticed it's Robert Bortuzzo. I, I'm with, sorry, I with, cut that killed, um, <laughs> With no other players. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for, like, a Vince Dunn. Uh-huh. I was looking for a, a defensive pairing. Yeah. But honestly, <laughs> I was like, I don't normally see you alone. And it was just him, and he was mm-hmm. waiting in line. Um, but I did have to do a couple quick looks because I was like, you know, it's your first one. And you're like, nah, that could just be a tan, tall dude. You never... On a, it's scale, crazy. on a scale of one to ten, yeah, one being just a basic human experience, yeah. ten being like, I don't even know, like Taylor Swift. <laughs> How big of a pain in the ass do you think it is for Robert Bortuzzo to oh. go in public? It can't be more than like a three, right? Yeah, like I'm sure it's like an occasional, like, hey man, thanks for the cup, right? And yeah. that's like the whole thing. <laughs> If he was, if he was right, was next everybody to me, else looking at no, him? No, okay. no, no, no. This was not a Kurt Warner scenario yeah. <laughs> where everyone like dropped their. Have you told that story on the pod? I think you probably. Maybe did, but yeah, you we should did. anyway. I just saw Kurt Warner when I was thirteen inside a Long John Silver's, <laughs> and and the entire the entire restaurant. That makes it so perfect because yeah. this whole story is like out of date. Now. <laughs> yeah, it's very old. This was right when Mark Bolger was better and kurt warner was riding the pine <laughs> but people still knew who kurt warner was right. and that entire place got uber quiet but no one bothered him uh-huh. no one asked him or talked to him about anything and he ate food with his kids and then he left but the whole time he was there it was like you were watching like a gorilla uh-huh. and like walked out of the zoo and was attempting to eat food because you were like don't bother him because he'll get angry. Uh-huh. Um, because as Kurt Warner was known for his fiery yeah, temper. He'll rip your arms out of their sockets. Um, Did you speak to Robert Fortuso? No. If he had been next, right next to me, I think if I would have paid and uh-huh. then he was waiting to pay, I think I may have turned around and been like, hey, good luck. 
a season. Uh-huh. Uh, just be like, I know you are. I know That's right. Are, I'm buddy. like a fucking Sherlock Holmes over here. You should have gotten him on the podcast, Ian. That would have been the real We money. need business cards. Yeah. I need to flip one out to him and be like, I don't know if you've uh, seen this on Twitter before. We should get some 2G1C business cards for the... For the three opportunities a year where we see it. anyone in public. I'm going to put 100 on my person at all times. I had that same experience the one time I saw Alex Steen in the store where, like, we were in Deerberg's and we were going, you know, how you just kind of circle opposite ways down the aisle with people sometimes and yeah. you see them multiple times and we were doing that. And, like, the first two times, and this was when I was way younger and, like, I was a blues fan but not, like, not like we are now, not like psychopaths, you know? And yeah, so yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I know I've seen this guy. And then like the second or third time I saw the nose and I was like, I know who that is. Nose, and that was nose. while he was out with the concussion too. So it was like, I'm definitely not going to bother him now with his brain not working so Don't good. you wearing sunglasses? <laughs> Isn't it bright in here? Um, what was this restaurant you went to? Uh, Nathaniel Reed's Bakery. It's in Kirkwood. It's right off Manchester. I need to check this place out. It's super good. It's very good. Um, I've it, gotten little cakes from there before. Does it They're, do like sandwiches and stuff? They do too? sandwiches. Okay. Holy shit. I got this uh, pulled pork. Is it pork? It was some sort of pork. Uh-huh. I know it was pulled pork. Is that what you got this time? Yeah. Okay. And it was like on a on a fukash, fukasha. Were you alone or were you there with your fiance? I was all, I was in there alone. Uh-huh. She was in the car uh, with okay, our two okay, dogs okay. and I was madly texting her like, hey, can you look at the person like nine people behind me and then Google Robert Bortuzzo <laughs> and then tell me if, that's, if that looks like that person? And thankfully she's watched enough hockey with me that she's like, that does look like that guy pretty quick. And I was like, all right, cool. Just want to make sure. Because you know how you steal a couple looks uh-huh. and like if other people notice you looking but they but the person you're looking at doesn't notice, you don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't care. But if they kind of look at you for a second, and then you look back, and they're still kind of, you're like, yeah. okay, I can't do this uh, anymore. Yeah, right, they're, right, they, sure. they see me. Yeah. Yeah. Was it one of those scenarios they saw you? Uh, like, no, I don't think so. But okay. I didn't I didn't want to risk it. I didn't He's, want him to run away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was like a wild like deer. Like an Abra. He was like a teleport away. No, Robert, wait. Uh, so, real quick, while we're talking about restaurants and sandwiches and tiering things, I don't know if they were on our fast food tier list or if we just mentioned them, but I talked about how I would rate um, Witch Witch very highly, and I've got to dagger these people because I don't know why some restaurants do this, but like successful restaurants that are like big chains will occasionally just like completely redesign their menu. Oh, yeah, Have yeah, you yeah. ever had this experience? And they did this where they were like, when I first started going there in like seminary, you could like pick from like 20 sandwiches, you know, and you got the basics on there, but then you added whatever you want and you could put all sorts of interesting spices and stuff. And the one thing I always loved was you could put like garlic on your sandwiches, which was which always like, which just tasted awesome and was dope. And you get them hot or cold. Well, you can still do that. But, like, they've done it now where it's, like, they've got, like, seven or eight, like, what they call favorites that are just preset. And you can take stuff off, but you can't add a lot of the stuff you used to. And, like, probably it's still one of the better quality sandwiches out there. But it just lacks all the, like, excitement and, well, like, lacks, uniqueness. Well, like, the thing. Yeah. yeah. The thing like, that it's known for. And, like, you can build your own, but you still don't have... It's like a basic turkey. You can't build your own cordon bleu, which is what I used to get. And you can't add all the stuff. Like, you can't add garlic anymore and stuff. And I'm just like, well, this is just... Blech. 
Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, it's so sad, especially when it's something you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, here, we did a new and improved thing. You're like, you did a new thing, yeah. but it is not, <laughs> not improved. improved. Let me correct you. Uh, as a quick side Do note, we have a winner? Montreal has advanced oh my to the Stanley God. Cup final. Oh, baby. Woo! <laughs> I saw your face, and uh, I thought something had gone down. Yeah, here. man. I, I don't know. That must have been quick. Arturi Lekkonen, 90 seconds in. Damn, that was quick. Deneau and Gallagher, hmm. Oh boy! I think I think we there's Vegas blue stuff. is gonna burn it down. I was like, I think we gotta talk about this now. I don't. Do you find it more cute or annoying that that's like their whole identity? Who is Vegas, Vegas? Is just like they've become like the Steinbrenner Yankees of just like we're gonna do something insane every single year. I find it. Um, I find it interesting just because I think. I think it's not something you see most teams do in hockey except for maybe the Leafs mm-hmm. and even they have some limits where it's like well we're, we're just capped out somehow Vegas like just get like they commit they... cap voodoo every well that's the thing year. are they gonna trade like Max Pacioretty they currently have 1.1 million dollars in cap space next year oh, they're trading and yet people. people are like they're gonna get Jack Eichel but it's like how and it's like yeah they probably trade 7 million of Pacioretty mm-hmm. If you're the Savers, do you want Bill Carlson back? Or is this like a three-team deal? That's the thing is, like, you look at this team. Look what they did to get Petrangelo. They had to move out, um, what's his face, to Vancouver. Mm -hmm. What's his Uh, name? Schmidt. Schmidt, yeah. They moved him out, and he was like their cornerstone defenseman. They're Mm -hmm. like, sorry, we got a better one. Moving on. You know that they've done it before, so they're going to do it again. They're going to say... Carlson, you had a 40-goal season with us. Goodbye. Um, Pacioretty, you did really good for us this playoffs. Goodbye. Like, they're They'll just probably trade, do... like, Alex Tuck because he's young. Yeah. But, like, that would be a huge mistake. But, see, that's the thing, too, is, like, they're, they could feel like mistakes because those are good players for them, but you know they're going to get something major yeah. back. And you figure they're going to find a way to get rid of Flurry. Yeah, And that's $7 so. Million. so. Yeah, I mean, they'll do something. I don't know if they'll actually get Eichel because they don't, you know, another bunch of other teams will also want mm. him. But, like, they'll do something crazy. It's almost a guarantee. <gasps> and they had their next three first-round picks. Mm-hmm. They have a full draft next year, except they're missing a third-round pick. And they have a couple of other teams' picks in other rounds. And they have their full draft every other year, except other teams' picks in other rounds. Yeah. Damn. That's a, that's a well-run organization. And Seattle... Isn't coming close. <laughs> Hiring Dave Hackstall, which, like, I get that we're probably too hard on him. He's like, wasn't terrible in Philadelphia. Yeah. But it's just like, it's just an uninspired such choice. a boring choice. I would have rather, like, Rick Taka, honestly. And even he's kind of just kind of blah. But it's like, hey, I feel like he's got a little more fire in his belly. But, like, Ron Hackstall is just kind of. Hackstall is just, uh. It's not, it's not exciting. It's not as exciting as you'd expect from this, um. This organization that pretty much has been preaching nonstop, hey, we're going to do things different. We're going to be fun and exciting. We're going to, you know, we just hired JT Brown to be our color commentator. He's only like 35 years old or whatever, even younger than that probably. And it's like they have all these, all these fun things they're doing, and I'm sure we're going to see even more as they unveil them. And then they have like, but we got Ron Hackstall, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, Dave Hackstall, Dave Hackstall, Don't mix oh, him up Ron, with Hackstall. Ron Hackstall, I know. <laughs> And they were both in the same organization for like a couple of years too. Yeah, I just it's it's fine. He's not like a bad coach, but it's just kind of like you you wanted. I really wanted um, Gallant there, but then the Rangers took him, so it was like, well, 
What are you going to do there? That was the fun narrative. That would have been the most fun narrative. I mean, because what? Because he was with Vegas, so he's like, he's the expansion. He's the expansion uh, coach or whatever. Yeah. And, I mean, he kind of got done dirty in Vegas and in Florida, so it's like you you wanted to see him get a chance maybe with a new, fresh team. I guess New York is that team, but New York's also like a huge media hub. I just think he's going to be under a lot more scrutiny out there. We're all over the place. What do you think about the Habs? Man... I've been trying to deny it. I don't want... I really don't want a Canada team to win. But if a Canada team is going to win, I'm glad it's not going to be the Maple Leafs. And honestly, the Canadians are like the least Canada Canada team in mm. some ways. I mean, there's some ways the most Canada Canada team. <laughs> According to them, I'm But sure, like yes. Montreal feels unique and different. And like, you can't freaking deny it. I want to I say that they're like boring and... Mm they're just playing trap and like that's how they're winning but like first of all you're watching their games they're not Mm -hmm. carrie price has been phenomenal cole caulfield is really exciting i'm gonna say this people are overreacting a little bit to cole caulfield he's had a phenomenal postseason Mm -hmm. but people who are like he's friggin david pasternak already and it's like how could he have possibly dropped to the 16th pick which i sort of get but it's like Maybe let's see him put up like even didn't half we, of a regular season. Didn't we see this recently? I can't even remember who it was. Didn't we see some uh, young Joel player come Kibiranta in? Yeah, yeah, last yeah. Last year, if, I don't know if that's who you're talking about, but like I mean, obviously not quite. The he same was a as complete Caulfield, nothing yeah. burger this year, and like you know, I mean, Zach Sanford, if if his if his uh, Stanley Cup final mm-hmm. was him every year, he'd be one of the best players on our roster. But it wasn't. You know, and I'm not I'm not trying to cast shade at Cole Caulfield. He's been great, and he's got a lot more reasons to believe he will continue to be great than either of those guys. But it's just a little... There's like there's always a couple of narratives where I'm like, yeah, I get it. He was the 16th pick. People look mm-hmm. dumb right now. Let's Can't we focus on the whole team rather than you know, oh, anything yeah. else? They, they do seem to drill that home. It is kind of amazing, though, to think that that dude was playing like college hockey like mm-hmm. a month ago. Yeah, and for now sure. now he's on a team... Even if he wasn't even doing all that well, but like he's on a team that's now in the Stanley Cup final, um, that's that's crazy to me. I mean, what he's like 18, 19. Um, that whole team, though, that's such a. It sounds really stupid, but it, it, that's such a team. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, for sure, they made the Vegas Golden Knights, who looked like unstoppable against the Avalanche, which made Vegas look even better because the Avs are good, and. Vegas looked amazing against them. They made the Vegas Golden Knights look boring. They made Vegas look like just... I mean, tonight, Vegas looked a lot better. But the game before this, game five, Vegas looked like lifeless. They looked, they looked quite honestly, like the Blues against the Avs in some respects. In some areas, they looked worse. They mm-hmm. just looked... Their forward group looked so sad and just like discombobulated and couldn't get anything done and it was like what is happening yeah what is like it was night and day Mm -hmm. and that to me is why when i look at the habs and then i think um i think the lightning are probably gonna win tomorrow i think it's most likely Mm -hmm. because i think the islanders feed off of their crowd more so than maybe any other team in this postseason and rightfully so because their crowd's absolutely bonkers banana lands but like I just don't, I I see the Lightning as a possible contender or a possible team that, you know, Canadians will play. 
And part of me goes, well, you, you can't beat the Lightning Canadians. The Lightning are like the ultimate beast. That's like the final boss. Like, you can't beat them. But I thought the Canadians weren't going to beat the Leafs or the Jets or Vegas. Mm-hmm. And they did. And part of me is like, I don't know. I guess you could just beat the Lightning. I guess that's, that's just a possibility now. Mm-hmm. But to me, that is like that really is the final test, obviously, because it's the final. But I think that is that's the also best like team. literally facing the final boss. Yeah, that's exactly. That's like the best team of like probably even the season. Like they weren't the the president trophy winner, but like as far as consistency and just overall domination against their opponents, like the Lightning were the best team this year, and they were probably the best team last year um, going into the the pause the stoppage so like this is it so to me i'm still rooting for the halves because i i I want them to win and i don't want to think about how it's a canadian team winning the cup because it is Mm. it is fun it's it's the growing the cubs narrative with canada the entire country of being like hey this is your sport and you can't win the cup and it's kind of funny in that way but at least like you said if canadians win they do feel a little different they're kind of their own brand up in Canada. Uh-huh. And on top of that, too, the last team to win was the Canadians in, like, 93. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, okay, so no other team has won. It does. I will say this. I I don't know how I feel. Like, I kind of don't want them to win because I hate Canada so much. Yeah. Um, I don't hate Canada. I hate Canadian hockey media very specifically. Um, and even though they're all in Toronto, they will act like yeah. this is their cup. And Doug Ford. You don't yeah. like Doug well, Ford. Well, that's easy. That's, <laughs> I got a lot of friends on that bandwagon. I got no time for Doug Ford. <laughs> um, but there's two thoughts. There's one thought, like, if the Islanders do win, and I agree with you, I think that feels unlikely. Um I feel like then it's like two teams of destiny and who's going to win. And they play very similar hockey. And I would trust Barry Trotz over Dom Ducharme. Oh, I really want Islanders or Sam. But I would also trust, like, Carey Price over Simeon Varlamov. Mm-hmm. But, like, Matt Barzell was the best overall player on that team. You know, so that that would be a more interesting series. I, I don't want to doubt the Habs, but there is a part of me that still thinks they just get shocked <laughs> if they play the Lightning. Well, I think that's, and that, I think that's fair. What I was, where I started all this was to say, like, it's pretty reminiscent. Like, the Habs are, are different because of the stature of the franchise and stuff, and, and they have Carey Price, which is very different, and some other things. But, like, it does feel pretty similar to the Stars last year, where it's, like, on the eastern side of the bracket, the inevitable was happening mm-hmm. with the Lightning just marching to the cup final. And on the western side of the bracket, the team everybody doubted that upset the... Mm. Who that? Who they beat in the first round? I guess Colorado was the first round, right? And then they had then was it Vegas or no? Vegas was fi- semifinals. Man, I don't even know. Didn't they play Nashville? I Nashville, they Nashville, maybe. Yeah. Whoever. Know, Arizona, no, because Arizona beat Nashville. They beat, I don't even. They remember. beat Colorado and Vegas. That's yeah, what really yeah. matters. Um, and then they got to the final, and it wasn't even all that close against the Lightning. Yeah. And I just, I'm. I'm just not convinced that if the Lightning are there again, that it's going to be all that close again. Like I, said, I think that's, know, that's like... obviously the hardest challenge, which is like the easiest thing to say, right? Uh-huh. But it's like there are times where the one of the conference finals or even a second round matchup 
is the hardest matchup for the eventual cup winner. Right. Because you just run into, you ran into, the Blues run into the Hawks. Or yeah. like the Avs run into Vegas or whatever. Well, but, like if the Habs win, like yeah. there's a better narrative for the Maple Leafs to be like, yeah, well, we lost to a team yeah. that won the cup. So, But like sometimes the cup final isn't the two best team. I mean, it's the two best teams of the playoffs, uh-huh. but it's not one side might have gone through hell where the other one was a cakewalk. And then the team that went through hell just beats the shit out of the team that didn't have to do very much but i think in this case if you do if you do get really either one but if you especially get habs lightning you get like i don't know that's just like the two best teams that are left period Mm -hmm. and there's no and this is going to be your hardest matchup as far as the habs are concerned and like i think it'll be I think it might be the Lightning's hardest matchup because I think through all the teams they've played, and I just don't think they've played another team like this, except for, oddly enough, the Islanders. Uh-huh. So it is one of those things where if they beat the Islanders, I do feel like, oh shit, you just beat the Habs. <laughs> I mean, the they thing. took them to seven games, yeah. but you just beat the Habs. But the Habs won't be playing in Nassau Coliseum at all. Yeah. It's just, it'll, it, it's interesting. I don't know who's going to win. I will say this has been. Like obviously, what we've only we're only two seasons, one season removed from the Blues playing Boston, but this is one of the more intriguing finals we've had. I didn't last year; I didn't care at all. Yeah, and some I, prior seasons, it was like what it was Pittsburgh two years in a row, mm-hmm. and then it was like Caps versus Vegas, and I was just like, please, Caps, just not Vegas. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think I was rooting for Vegas too. Cause I was like, fuck it, just win it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but this one, I feel like I don't know. I feel more invested in it for some reason. But I don't for know sure. what I'm. I don't know what I'm invested in. I will say, like I've I've matured in a way where it's like it used to be. If I was younger, I would have been like, I probably would have been all in on the Canadians because mm-hmm. they were like the underdog, and like if they had gotten to the final and lost to the Lightning, just speaking mm-hmm. hypothetically then I would have been really disappointed. And now I think I am so intrigued to be like, is the team that's like the perfect team Mm -hmm. that's like incredible in all these different ways, are they really able to beat, like you said, like the final boss of the NHL? Mm -hmm. And if they lose, it's not disappointing so much as it's like, oh yeah, Tampa really just is that good. And I've experienced enough NHL now to know that like even... Even with all their cat malfeasance and stuff, like Tampa can't be just that good for much longer. You know, they will eventually have to break up. I feel like I said that like five years True, ago. True, for sure. But, but like, they are at their peak. But yes. like, even even if they can keep everybody that's still aging, aging and yeah. stuff, you know, so like, it's just, it's really interesting. And I, I think you're right. It's a more compelling final than any of the. Either way, I think it's really compelling because mm-hmm. I think, like we said, like even if, if the Islanders prevail, then you've got the two home crowds, which are going to be crazy both places and like two really upstart teams and really unique, you know, play styles, but unique, but not different from each other. <laughs> like, there's a lot to be interested in there. So what I wonder, too, is like, so if the Lightning win, like the league makes sense. Mm-hmm. Everyone, the stars have aligned and the league makes sense again and we can all go to bed. Um, if the Islanders win, it, the league makes sense because you're like, well, the Islanders are coached by Barry Trotz and he's a cup-winning coach and defensive styles, you know, playing a defensive hard-hitting game wins hockey, blah, blah, blah. But if Montreal wins the cup, does the league make sense? 
do yeah. things do things make sense anymore? Because they do play a defensive style overall, and they do play a team game, but it just feels very, um, I don't know how to put it, like band-aidy. Like they just kind of wrapped it together and hoped it would work, and it kind of did. And it's almost like they a lot of teams that win the cup right will be hot going into the playoffs. Montreal was like ice cold, and then they sucked in the playoffs, and then they got hot in the in like the first round, and then they carried it, mm-hmm. which is acceptable and fine. But it's just like I look at that Montreal team, and a lot of times when a team wins the cup, you can look at it and you go, "What will the GMs do now?" They yeah. will look at this and try and copy it. But if you look at Montreal and they win the cup, what do you do? You can't like you can't copy that team. That team's like that team's more lightning in a bottle than even the blues were. I mm-hmm. feel like it's like there's this would never happen again. This will never happen again. I like it is so, like it's a it's a validation first and foremost of paying Carey Price all that friggin' money. That's true. It's uh, <laughs> very very true. The guy is earning 10 million dollars now. I mean Carey Price at this point probably the Smythe trophy winner either way, right? Like he's got a really good chance no matter what. Yeah. Um, unless Caulfield just has a bonkers, yeah. bonkers final. But, like, he's one of those guys that you could very well see winning the Conn Smythe even if they lose because, like, you know, also how do you pick one guy from Tampa Bay? <laughs> you right. know, like, so... I was like, Braden Point, maybe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, like, it's just you could see it for sure. Um, his stats, I'm looking them up right now, I'm sure have been... Yeah, 933 save percentage, 202 goals against average, 7.2 goals saved above average, no really bad starts, 10 of 16 starts have been quality, 11 and 5. Pretty good. Um, You know, and, and that's cool. I think he's one of the people I'm happiest for because now even... Even if they lose, it's like you can't really go back to that argument of like, oh, that was that's what's torpedoed this whole yeah. franchise, you know? Like, you were never gonna get here without Curry Price, and yeah, like you said, I don't know, because like I know they talk about playing a trappy, defensive, boring style, but like they don't really. They for one thing, there were like forty shots against in this right. game. Yeah, and they've got young stars. They got people. They've got score. exciting players. They've got young players. But nobody, like, that's the other thing. They don't have any big star. Like, Nick Suzuki's a pretty big star, and you can talk about emulating that trade, but, like, you can't because nobody's going to give up a Nick Suzuki. That is hilarious, though, that Vegas lost (laughs) to them because of that. Um, Uh, It's just, like, you can't copy it, and yet I'm sure NHL teams will try to. Like, how do we do this? Like, draft well. It is. I mean, it's yet another... Yet another uh, notch in the bedpost of if you have a pretty good team that's struggling midseason, you got to fire a coach. Oh, I know. Because oh, that's no. three years in a row now where oh, a team no. has gotten at least to the Stanley Cup final by firing their coach, right? With Baruby and then uh, Bonus and then oh, yeah. Ducharme. So, man. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, pretty hard to deny. That's going to become more and more of a narrative, I think. That's true. That's true. And, like, just even, I don't know, I'm, the one thing I hope people take away from it is, like, if you don't think, you you know, you don't think your team is working. Like, right, Montreal made the playoffs last year. They got through the qualifying round. They beat Pittsburgh and they lost to Philly. 
So they looked like they were doing better than you would have expected, and yet they still went out this summer and made some major moves and some mm-hmm. major tinkering. And like that speaks to like, hey, you can be in the playoffs and look like a halfway decent team, but that doesn't mean that you're just like one piece away. You can still make like two to three to four moves or signings and actually bolster your team rather than say, oh, we don't want to mess with too much. We want everyone to progress naturally. I mean, they went out and they got Allen, they got Edmondson, they got Anderson, they got, who else did they get? Um, Stahl. They got all these guys. Mm-hmm. That was a trade deadline deal. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, you, it makes all the difference in the world to actually go out and... They called up... Um, try and make those changes. Well, I guess Caulfield came yeah. in too, or whatever. And they actually started playing their young guys for however, you know, whatever it was in Winnipeg. Was it in Winnipeg or when they played Montreal. Winnipeg? Yeah. Or no, it was Toronto, I yeah, think. Yeah, against Toronto where they finally decided to like play their young guys. What a, what a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll see what they do. I wanted to say Dallas. So Dallas tweeted out a little like shrugging emoji and they have a picture of their Western Conference Champions uh, logo or their Western Conference Champions banner from 2019 to 2020. And because Vegas lost and Montreal won, like, They're they still technically lost. So they crossed out the 2020 and put 2021. <laughs> so good job, Dallas, at chirping uh, Vegas. I enjoy that. Um, Vegas has become such a, like, hateable I team. I mean, I think you're spot I know on they're... when you talked about them being kind of like the Yankees, yeah. right? Because they're going out and they're just trying to buy. I mean, they're trying to buy a good team. They got yeah. a pretty good team. I think people overstate that a little bit because you see the roster they had on like day one. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty good, but it doesn't look. It does not look like it does today. And they bought they bought their way to this, which is allowed and fine and totally cool. I'm not against that. I'm just saying people who are in this process have a team. You know, if you're Buffalo and you watch your team struggle nonstop to draft anyone or get anyone to your market, and then Vegas can be like, hey. We're shiny and new, and here's all the money in the world because our owner doesn't care, you know, how much we spend. Um, you get a little annoyed because they just leapfrogged your ass. Yeah. I think, I really think that is such a, I mean, it is such, it's kind of an object lesson in like they were best when they were a scrappy team mm. coming together and then they've done more and more. And like, obviously they've been good. Obviously they've been right on the threshold every year, but like they haven't gotten as far as they did year one mm. with all their tinkering and spending. And it's like, I think more than anything, this this NHL playoff, I don't want to be like, I really don't. I don't like the mindset of like, well, if you're just, once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. Because that's really not true. The Nashville Predators could not have won the Stanley Cup this year. The Blues could not have won the Stanley Cup this year. This Canadians team, even if they weren't highly rated, they're obviously just a better team than any of those other teams. I think anything can happen if what you're going to say is you cut you're the 16 teams that make in the playoffs to like eight, the yeah. top eight. And you go, any of these teams might be able to win, but there's definitely like half of them that make For it sure. where you go, no, 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 no. Yeah. No. But like, I do think it is like, a, there's a certain unpredictability. Yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. control everything. Well, it's a bounce and puck on ice. Yeah. As, ter- as Tampa, you can't control um, Nikita Kucherov getting suspended and losing and getting swept by the 
um, oh, Blue Jackets. Yeah, yeah. And then the next year, you're basically the same team. You don't really make any major additions other than Pat Maroon. And you win the cup. Hmm. And I love Pat Maroon, but he's not like the reason they went from first round sweep to know. <laughs> championship. I don't know. And like, um, I just had another example and I forget what it was, but like Colorado can't control, although I guess in this case, arguably could have predicted that Nazem Kadri would try to decapitate someone and miss their whole series and stuff, you know? So like there's always obstacles. If Nikita Kucherov is really out long-term, that you can't really control. So I think it is, there's a certain amount of like, you always have to be improving. Like the blues aren't there. And we'll talk about that more in a minute, but like as much as I, I think they're far away from it, there is sort of an argument to be like to the Stillman thing, as we'll talk about where it's like, yeah, but this foundation is there. And if we do add the right pieces, we can get, into the mix and if we're in the mix then who knows you know i think that's very true i feel i feel this team is very montreal uh before the summer moves happen yeah. this past year where it's like yeah we're fine but like if you make like two or three good acquisitions then you could be like oh i don't know we are in that top eight teams in the league I that mean, could possibly push for the cup it's it's pretty similar to the 2018 year right like mm-hmm. We were okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We made we made the playoffs that yeah, we year. Mi- right? we, we missed, missed in twenty eighteen. We missed by one, one point, point when right. we lost the. But ass. like not all that dissimilar yeah. from this year. We yeah, could yeah, have yeah. made it by one point and lost in the first round just as easily. Um, yeah, the Avs booted us out of the playoffs just like last. And time. then like we make the one big move, O'Reilly. But like we made a couple of supporting moves, none of which were that sexy. Mm-hmm. But like all of which, other than Chad Johnson, God rest his soul, had any like all of the rest of them had an impact. Whatever yeah. it was, Pat Maroon, um, Bozak, Tyler Bozak, Peron. I like, mean, it's enough. It's enough moves that you change portions of your. You, the core of your team is the same, but like you're your side parts were contributors. Mm-hmm. It helps when like the parts that aren't part of your core still show up. They don't have to be obviously your core, but they can't just be um, Zach Sanford. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's like, I think we can just go ahead and transition into the blues talk. Cause Perfect. like that is so much of what I, when I, I love that Tom Stillman says he's going to spin to the cap and he'd have every right to say, mm. I'm going to try and make this team good, but we got hit hard by the pandemic and I'm going to spin to my internal $75 million cap because I know it's an NHL team, but that's $6 million is a lot of money for Tom Stillman's group, you know? Mm. But like I did send a tweet today and I do kind of feel this way that like spending to the cap is not inherently a virtue. Yeah. Spending intelligently is a virtue, and if you do that and do it to the cap, then I'll go crazy for this team, and I'll be super excited for next year. With that said, if he intends to spin to the cap, that sets up for a pretty exciting offseason. I would say that maybe Because we've got $17 million to spend to get to the cap. Mm. And I do think, I don't think it's just going to be like, with respect to Jr., who we both really appreciate, I really don't think it's going to be that GM that's off season of like bring back Bozak and Schwartz and make one mid tier free agent signing and like 
That's it. I think there's going to be more churn than that. That's interesting because, yeah, that's what JR thinks. But from everyone he's interviewed and from what Freeman's talking about, too. Yeah. Hinted at. Like there being more being done than just like, ah, we'll re sign a guy and that's, you know, we're good. We're good to go. I mean, he said he likes the core and blah, 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 but he didn't make it sound like, yeah, we're just going to re up everybody and try at it again. He made it sound like there could actually be moves and signings and things worth uh worth changing up and doing this off season i was trying to figure out do you know when free agency is this year yes like the end of june end of july sorry yeah because the expansion draft i think is the 21st so it'll be like a week after that i assume so we're like we're essentially more or less like a month away Mm -hmm. from free agency one month away from all this stuff happening and then going dead um i just wonder the more this stuff drags on i'm like so is that Schwartz, if Schwartz gets done, or if they're going to do Schwartz, does it happen soon? Because that feels like a thing where it's either happening now or it's not happening. I really, right? I just feel like Schwartz isn't happening. That's fine. That's how fine. often, how often has it gotten this close to UFA with Bozak, with Army, that he's then made the extension? Right. I feel like has he, it ever? I don't think it's ever happened. He's pretty, he, he extends usually pretty early. extends pretty early. Yeah. Um, one of his fatal flaws. <laughs> well, you could argue that, but like, it <laughs> no, is but, evidence yeah. about the fact for the yeah. guys remaining. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think Schwartz. I I really don't have anything against Schwartz, but that is one of those things where it's like you can't say you're satisfied with last season. Mm-hmm. As much as you can make excuses for pandemic and injuries and anything else you want to say was a factor, and I'm not even denying that it was a factor, mm-hmm. you can't just be like, but pretty much okay. Otherwise. Right. That's what I mean. It was like, it just wasn't, it wasn't good. And so like, I think you have to, there have to be changes, not just additions. And I think that's one of the changes you can make where it's like, listen, I still believe in this core, but like. Jaden Schwartz was part of this core and now he's gone because he didn't do enough. And that can be a message to Vladimir Tarasenko and Braden Shin and those guys, you know, Colton Pareko, I know he was injured, but like those guys who are here and who have been a part of it and being like, you guys might be next up, you know, <laughs> like if, if it doesn't improve. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the Matthew Kachuk thing first. Um, <laughs> It's funny, like, I wrote an article about this on, like, Tuesday, and then this big, like, Shane O'Brien tweet dropped on, like, Wednesday, and it was, like, a big story, and I'm not trying to brag at all, because I don't know anything, but, like, I felt like it was already kind of known that Kachuk was, like, sort of in the rumor mill, so it sort of surprised me that that seemed like such a big deal, Yeah. Um, but... The one thing I love about Matthew Kachuk, and I told you I was going to rave on this, his contract is brilliant for him. Mm. His agent just has Calgary completely over a barrel. He is due, he's on the final year of a three-year, $721 million extension, seven AAV per. But they structured the deal so that this third year is all base salary 
and it's nine million dollars. Mm-hmm. But the rule for restrictive free agents, once they have arbitration right, I think it, I think either way, but certainly once they have arbitration rights, is you you have to offer them a qualifying offer of one year at their base salary for the season before. Mm-hmm. So Calgary has to offer him a one year nine million dollar deal <laughs> to keep him from just becoming a UFA anyway. Mm-hmm. And then there's no real reason. I mean, Kachuk could maybe make a little more than that, but there's no real reason if he doesn't like Calgary that he wouldn't sign that offer, the qualifying offer, play out his one year, and then he's got his seven years of service time and he hits unrestricted free agency as a 25-year-old, which is unheard of in the NHL. Yeah. And so, like, I'm really in awe of that contract. And... I don't, I don't want to buy too much into the narrative of like, oh, he wants to come home, but like, it is possible. I, th- I think, I think St. Louis fans are like a little shell shocked by all the crap we've been through in our, in our life as sports fans. Mm-hmm. It is possible that he's just like, no, I want to go play for the Blues, mm-hmm. and like the bare minimum amount of time that I'll have to wait to do that is two years. You know, and so I know, like, and I've I've had a lot of people say this, and they're not wrong at all, but like I, so I know that he doesn't control where he gets traded at all. Mm-hmm. But any team that's going to trade for him right now is also going to trade for a player who has complete contract protection, and there's no re- there's no incentive for him to sign a, an extension there mm-hmm. if he wants to test the market, and he'd be insane not to. I think you'd be nuts not to hit free agency as a 25-year-old I mean, if yeah. you had that possibility. Unless there is a situation, i.e. playing in St. Louis, and I'm not trying to get too hyped on it because who knows. Maybe he doesn't want to play here at all or he doesn't care that much. But you saw him at the All-Star game. He, As far as I know, he comes back here during the offseason. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't seem like a guy that doesn't like this city. Um, he seems like a guy that really loves it here and... Um, you know, I think he'd actually kind of enjoy trying to surpass his dad's legacy <laughs> on his old team. I just, there is a part of me that it feels too perfect to not happen, and I really want it to, and if wishing made it so. But, like, what's your temperature check on that whole situation? And I'm not saying, none of this is to say that, like, the boys are definitely or even probably trading for Matthew Kachuk this summer. But, like it feels more real to me that he could be a blue eventually. Yeah, I mean, it's bonkers to me to think that people are like, well, just because he grew up here, like, it's not a big deal. Mm. You know, it's not like he wants to come back. And I was like, Keith Kachuk's like a big part of this organization. And that doesn't mean you have to go there to play. But, like, I agree. I think even without anything you've said, it feels like he enjoys the city and, like, he'd want to play for the Mm -hmm. Blues. I, I don't think that feels like it's weird and fantasy land or whatever to think that that would be a possibility and again too like plus he's obviously close with robert thomas Mm -hmm. which maybe maybe you have to trade thomas to get him but i think if they were getting kachuk they'd probably try and hold on to thomas right like (laughs) you know i yeah that's the thing is like i don't know what you get for or what you have to give up in a trade for him i know there's some rumors that were like oh tarasenko would definitely be going the other way i'm like well yeah you have to give i know people are like tarasenko done and like a pick or somebody else or Dude, something and i was like that's I'll, fine i'll pay to charter the plane that's fine that's care. not even 
close to anything. I saw someone on Twitter, and I know it's just people on Twitter, but someone was like, that's a vast overpayment. I was like, it is not. It is an extreme underpayment (laughs) to give them Tarasenko and Don in a pick. Um, You know, what's interesting is what you said, like, he'll be, he can be a UFA by 25. Mm-hmm. Um, so like even if he gets traded somewhere like you said like if he really wants to test the market or go somewhere else then he just waits it out you know well that's the thing like, he plays like, off those years and then he's a UFA I, I saw a lot of takes because my my biggest proposal for it is like I could see a deal where Pareka is the centerpiece they have no right handed defenseman mm-hmm. after TJ Brody left Pareko is from Alberta uh, from the Edmonton part but still Alberta and if Pareko signs an extension and is willing to play there. I know. I I think we'd have to add more, but like I don't think that's a low ball offer. Right. But I've seen a lot of takes from you know either angry Canada fa- or Flames fans or just <laughs> trolls who are like, there are so many teams in the NHL that can offer so many better packages than that, and it's like, yeah, they can, but the Rangers aren't going to give Calgary Alexi Lafreniere. At all, probably, but they're also not going to do it for sure if Kachuk isn't signing an extension with them. Right. Which, again, he has, he's going to make a minimum of $18 million for his age 23 and 24 seasons. Why would he sign a long-term extension right now unless he is absolutely certain that he wants to stay wherever he ends up Mm -hmm. that's the thing it's like i get usually players choose the security over the over the you know freedom i guess Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word but that's because young players otherwise if they go year to year are going to make like three million then 4.5 million then five million whatever and they'll Mm -hmm. take seven million a year for eight years to avoid those years and get the security even if they lose some on the back end. But this dude is for sure bare minimum making $18 million the next two years in real take-home pay, which I know is different from AAV, but that's how it works. And, like, that's not a situation where he's going to feel pressured into signing a contract. Mm-hmm. So no teams... LA is not going to pe- come in there and be like, please give us... Well, LA is not going to trade with the Drew Doughty. That oh, would be Drew Doughty. I didn't even think about <laughs> The same team. Are you guys friends now? And it's like, yeah, we're best friends. Oh, just like, just like Krug and Thomas, but like on a thousand but like, times yeah, worse. On the surface yeah, of the sun. I mean, we're just both very competitive. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Front yeah. foot. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. no team, team... Players don't get traded. Jack Eichel's not going to get what people think they can get for Jack Eichel. Hmm. Because players don't get traded... When they can command that kind of value, because the team's not going to let him go. Pretty much, they I was going to say you can't. Most times, if you're trading the best player in the trade, uh-huh. you're like losing the trade. He's coming off his worst season, which is was still pretty good. I'm not trying to badmouth him, but it's by far his worst season. He's on a team that's bad and blowing its core up. He isn't you know he's just and he has total contract control and it's like he's he's a very interesting player every team wants matthew kachuk mm-hmm. um magic kachuk and bennington he's an antagonist team. he'll be hated by all of his division <laughs> opponents but like there's they're not gonna just go crazy 
the only team like the Rangers might go crazy because he's that like biting edge, bleeding edge that they need. But again, only if they can keep him for a long time. And there's no guarantee of that. So like all of this is to say, I think there's a 5%, maybe a 10% chance he's a blue next season. But I don't think it's impossible that he's a blue in, within like, the next two years. Yeah. And if that happens, then it's super easy to get Brady Kachuk because <laughs> Ottawa will have to pay him at some point. And they don't do that. And they don't do that for Fires. <laughs> so then it's then the dream is fulfilled. The prophecy has been realized. I used to think Brady was going to be the easier get because I was like, you're going to want out yeah. of Ottawa, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe he still will be. Maybe it'll get that bad. Our our uh, infinity gauntlet will be complete. That's right. Thomas and two Kachucks. Yeah. The three T's. Oh, baby. Um, Stillman interview. Let's go. Uh, Stillman and JR spoke. Blues owner Tom Stillman, mm. for anyone not in the know like we are. <laughs> friend of the podcast, Tom Stillman. Well, yeah. No... He's no friend of the podcast, Cam Atkinson, but he's yeah. a friend of the podcast nonetheless. Um, this uh, was, a, you know, it was a kind of generic interview, but I think it's exciting and worrying in, in equal measures. I don't know what you thought, but let's read some of these quotes and then get your thoughts on it. Stillman says, we want to win. It's more difficult to spin to the cap after the financial hits of the last two seasons. But we think that's the best way to go, the best for the franchise and for our fans and partners. So basically saying, yes, we will plan to spend at or close to the salary cap. Your general thoughts on that? I mean, I think overall I was just very happy to hear that they said they'd be willing to spend the cap. Obviously, that gives you more flexibility with what you want to do to the team or who you're going to sign. Um, But it also just makes me, from a business perspective, that's as much as you can say when you want to say, hey, we're going all in. And we're going to try our hardest. Like you mm-hmm. said, we have $17 million, um, in cap space. And if you're just going to say we're going to spend it all, and we look at our UFAs, and we really think maybe one at most would come back of those three, at least in the forwards. I guess they're only UFAs. Um, we'll have plenty to play with, which means that there's going to be some, some signings and maybe some significant signings, which would be really interesting for this team. It just it speaks to the fact that they're willing to do something mm-hmm. it would feel a lot worse if they were like well we have some we've had some cap issues or we've had some spending issues we're on a real back end and i really you know i really believe in this core and i think we give it another shot and be like oh jesus this is gonna be <laughs> the worst summer ever but this makes me feel like from an owner's perspective from a business perspective this is the same as saying like we're gonna have an active summer i will say too like i I think we've been pretty open that we think they're kind of on the nice edge of a potential rebuild. However, if they're going to go for it anyway, I'd rather they go balls to the wall. (laughs) I think think it helps in a lot of ways. One, it's like you're actually trying. (laughs) That's much better than being like, we're trying, but not really. Yeah. Um, And also, if you really go balls to the walls, then it kind of just forces a rebuild, does it not? You know, we spend all this money, we spend it on a guy that's like, couple ufas for a couple years we're gonna try for these next two years oh it didn't work they all walked okay the end you know Mm -hmm. where we traded them all at the deadline um i think if you just try your best and your hardest over the next two years or you know year or so then you're giving yourself your best chance to win and then you're you're forcing the rebuild button 
rather than like you've, you've said before in other podcasts where it's like you just don't want to live in that gray area of being like, well, should we, should we not? Ah, we'll just be a mediocre team and everyone will pat us on the back for, for trying, you know, 80%. Yeah, I agree. Uh, his next quote, We did all of this, we built this, and we've got to make the most of it. We believe that our window is still open. Whether as a competitive hockey person or a business person, that's not the time to pull back on investment. So it is influenced by where we are in our stage of development. We're not spending to the cap so we can stay, say that we're spending to the cap. We're doing it because we think it's the best thing to do for a competitive team. Which, again, I think is important. You know, I think that's well said to kind of outline like, no, this isn't just a publicity stunt. There's a reason for this, um, you know, and, and a very specific reason that we believe in this team. Um, he then did go on to say, I'll give you a few qualifiers. We are still in the assessment period and figuring out what we think is best for the team, which way we're going to go and what we need to do to make us better. Uh, but I will say that I'm not of the view that we should burn it all down or anything like that. We have a very strong group of players, some in their prime, um, and several young guys who are really pushing. So I think with whatever adjustments we make, we can be very competitive. I'm not saying we're perfect. Just stand pat and everything will be fine. We have to keep figuring out what we can do to get better. Good. Yeah. Figure it out. Do it, Tom. Um. I don't know. I, I like this one of you because he seemed a little, he seemed a little more driven. Obviously, he's he's really just writing the checks and making the okay as far as like how much they're going to spend and everything. But like, it was nice. It was nice to hear that from the top at least. Yeah, I was worried when I read just the headline. You know, I woke up this morning and read the headline, and it was like, ooh, I'm glad we're spending to the cap, but like the window is still open. Thing bothered me. But like when I read the full context, it feels more like it doesn't either feel like he is on the one hand, like just like balls to the wall. Like, yeah, nothing was wrong last season. Just a couple shitty breaks and we're fine. Yeah, I, see. I was glad he didn't say um, that. Crap. And it also doesn't feel like he's like sort of in the afterglow of the cup and just feels like, you know, yeah, we're spinning to the cap because this team deserves it and we'll see where we can get sort of thing or whatever, you know, like it feels like he knows that the team's not perfect, but he thinks there's still something to build on. And the reason he's spending to the cap is to get, make it better and be at the top flight of competition again, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Then this is an interlude from, uh, JR, he says, until those potential adjustments come to fruition this offseason, it might come as a disappointment to some that the Blues may again be relying on a core of players that has underperformed the past season and a half. Stillman doesn't share that sentiment. I see what you're describing as a positive thing. We know we have good players and we know what they're capable of doing, so that is cause for optimism and encouragement. Things didn't go as we'd like, but we still had that core of strong players who have shown what they can do. I will say, like, I don't believe in the, well, it's COVID right at all off. I do think you got to be a little w- less judgmental of the bubble mm-hmm. playoffs and just be like, this season, though, was real bad. <laughs> like, so I don't want to skirt it either way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did kind of say, the fact that we just went through a pandemic injects variables and uncertainty in making assessments of our performance as a team or individual players. It's something that the organization has to add into its usual calculus in looking back at the year. 
when it was pointed out that the upper echelon clubs have overcome those challenges, Stillman replied, Well, I can't say that the thought hasn't never, has never crossed my mind, but frustration isn't going to get us anywhere. You're better looking forward. You better look forward and figure out what is going to make us better. But again, it's like he's not thrilled at the last season. I'm just glad that he's like looking forward, that it's like, you know, obviously you can always be better when you're not winning the cup, but it, to me this feels like the nicest way him to be saying like we got swept and there's obvious needs for an improvement or whatever Mm -hmm. um but again like in business terms it's like okay good you can see that we are obviously not like a garbage can team despite what you might hear me and steve say yeah not a garbage can team yeah they are a garbage fire (laughs) but but like they have they have something there they just need to build around it and to i don't know it was encouraging. It was good, especially because we have very little blues news, and it feels like I haven't heard Jack about what Army's doing. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, what's happening, buddy? Yeah. Who are we going to sign, if anybody? What's the plans? I mean, this is going to be crazy when it hits the end of July between all of these things. I think it's going to have, at least for the blues, I think it's going to be. Well, like nuts. I said, if you're spending to the cap $17 million away, mm. you're spending a lot. Mm-hmm. You're making a lot of big moves. Even if even if keeping Bozak and Schwartz are a part of it, that's still like nine million that you're gonna have to spend. So like, there's no getting around spending a lot of money and making big moves this summer if he's serious about spending to the cap. You know, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I think it's I think it's exciting as a Blues fan. Whether whatever we think about like. I do think there's some concern and danger about the long-term health of the franchise, but like, screw it. I'll uh, I'll take an exciting offseason no matter what, anytime. Oh, yeah. So, um, as Doug says, and this is Stillman again, give yourself a window of a few years to win it all. Uh, you can't just build for one year because then you run into some injuries or bad calls or whatever. I think that strategy has been correct and quite successful. Our record over the last several years is near the top of the league, and we have been able to keep the window open longer time. Uh, than most teams, and we've been able to remain competitive without top draft choices. That's not easy. I think Doug has done an excellent job of managing our agreements and keeping us in a competitive position. That doesn't mean you're not going to have to do some things and deals that you aren't crazy about, but that's just the market. We have a number of players in the prime of their careers, so now is the time. I don't dislike any of this. One thing that felt conspicuously absent was any comment on Craig Berube or the coaching staff. And maybe he just said, yeah, that's Doug's business, and I let him make those decisions, and I don't want to comment on that. But there certainly wasn't some vote of confidence in Craig or the the bench at any point in this. And speaking of the bench, Mike Van Ryn is not going on to coach the Arizona Coyotes. He's uh, stuck with us. So he's staying here, I guess, unless some other team swoops in. Um, yeah. Having read that interview now, rather than just kind of the the big excerpt. Rather than the Coles notes. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good. I'm like, I'm pretty excited. I'm cautiously excited about right. the Aussie. There just haven't been a lot of cards on the table for Armstrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get a good sense of if he's going to sign Schwartz or not. I don't get a good sense of, like who our targets are at all in UFA yeah, or who trade targets are, but it feels like things are going to happen. It just feels very wide open as far as like what will happen. 
a lot of times, you know, leading up to Bo Meester's trade, especially, I remember, like, and us signing Maroon, I guess, maybe because no one else had signed at that point. It was just, like, one of these things that was, like, around for, like, three weeks. It was like, okay, they're doing something, but we just got to figure it out. And, you know, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And, like, obviously, it's a lot easier. Um, it's a lot easier when it's not the end of the playoffs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And everyone, all the teams are trying to figure out what they're going to do. But it is something where it just feels like, I don't know, I have heard zero rumors. I've heard this Matthew Kachuk rumor I want to sink my teeth into so bad because it was like, hey, that's a thing. Like, uh, that's something I've heard. I don't know anything about what the Blues are going to do. And yeah. that's both equally scary and exciting. It's a good free agent class. I think there are a lot of free agents who... Thomas Tatar. There we go, baby. I think there are a lot of free agents who can make you considerably better. Hmm. But also... I mean, as much as I'd love to go get Gabe Landeskog or somebody, also won't cost that kind of money. Right. So, like, if you if you sign two of three of those guys and make some major trade, baby, I'm all in next season. Mm-hmm. At least you got to give them a chance, right. you know, and, like, see what you got. Um, there's some big concerns. Marco Scandella is something that I don't think anyone has talked about enough. Just a real bad season. And he's got, like, what, three years left at 3.25? Yeah. But, like, I mean, that's not crippling your team, but it's not helping. Um, And that's, like, and I don't want to dwell on this because I know we've talked about it a lot, but that's, like, whenever I see a fan just say, um, go sign Alec Martinez, go sign Jamie Alexiak, go Mm -hmm. sign whatever defenseman because he's big or grindier or whatever. I don't think people are being realistic about our defense like if we sign any of those guys colton pareko's gone right right and like i am good with colton pareko being gone if you trade colton pareko i'm not good with another guy walking his trade value is probably limited right now but maybe not super duper awful Mm. um especially if he signs an extension um but like you know i think our defense needs to our I think you can do a lot to our forward group to just make it better. Just add more talent. True. And it will just get better because it's pretty talent thin right now, to be honest. <laughs> I know there are a lot of people who are like, no, defense was definitely the biggest problem last year. They're wrong. It, they're just dead wrong. Our our forward group's not all that good. Yeah. It's like pretty we freaking weak. We were like in the bottom third of the league as far as offense went. We were in like the bottom I, tenth of the I league love, in some areas. I love David Perron. But mm. when David Perron is uncool, questionably your best forward that's a problem yeah like that's, um, not, that's not great <laughs> even though he's evolved and he's super saiyan three or yeah. whatever it's just like you need people on his level around him or doing particularly better than yeah. him so like that's where i think you can add i don't want to say sloppily yeah. and just don't make reckless Man, moves imagine like, if he wasn't if he didn't have a career year i mean he was on pace right yeah. like in a 80 82 game season mm-hmm. he was on a point per game over a point per game pace imagine if he was like just a regular season yeah. like we'd be even more, we yeah. were being more in the cellar and for offense. sure so but like with defense it's like scandal is there done you figure is getting traded yeah that, that's the one thing that does actually seem like we hear enough about yeah. that it's probably which happen. i hope because i don't want to lose him for free right that's not like i don't want to waste lose assets him to Seattle, yeah um and I think there's he will unequivocally be the choice if he's still here and explodes. So, um, 
You hope you trade Maybe they'll just take Mikula instead. Maybe. I know some people think that. Some people think they'll take Billy Huso. If we expose Krug, you never know. (laughs) Oh, baby. That just makes me... I don't... You can expose whoever you want, but that doesn't mean Seattle's just going to take I waste too much time getting actually angry about the opinions of stupid people. (laughs) You know? And I don't mean to insult anyone in particular, but you are stupid. If you're listening to this podcast, you're not stupid. No. You're very... You've made the smartest decision of your life by listening to this. We will get better. We promise. (laughs) But, like, first of all, Twitter isn't real life. Second of all, like, I just... You can't... You're not going to just be able to trade these guys or just pawn them off on Seattle for nothing. You could maybe ask Seattle to take one of them with incentives. Isn't that crazy that that's like a handshake deal? Because like they yeah. could liter- you could literally give them picks and be like, so you're going to take that guy now? And they'll go, no. Yeah. And then they'll just take whoever Thanks they want. Thanks for the incentives. I've, we'll take Ivan Barvish. I know that's super mean and you're burning bridges. Right. But also, that'd be kind of fun. If they got Bruckheimer money. What do they care yeah, about right? bridges? They'll just bam, 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 they'll just have bam, David bam, Caruso bam, bam, build bam, bam, another bridge. <laughs> <laughs> um, but excuse me for bumping your foot in the sensual. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I just I'm more excited right now for the off season than I have been at any point. Seems like it seems even more than usual that this could be a nuts off season just around the league. Right. Kind of like when you. Uh, when you used to be able to take a player two years through the juniors in the NHL and like be a pro mode in shell and you get drafted first overall and you'd look around at the NHL and it'd be like, wait, what? Oh, all the wait, people that have already what? been treated, yeah. Wait, what? Like, TJ Oshie's P- a Florida Panther. P.K. Subban's a Vancouver Canuck along like, with okay. Malcolm Subban along with like Matthew Barzal. But like, also, Pedersen and Besser are still there, and you're, you're like, like, what happened? This is impossible. They have no goal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Malcolm Subban is starting 82 games <laughs> for this team. And, I mean, I do think it is going to be that way with a flat cap, and then you want, if your team wants to see change, mm-hmm. you, it's got to be money in, money out. I think there's going to be a ton of player movement mm-hmm. with the expansion draft, a flat cap, a pretty loaded free agent class which is probably loaded partially because of the flat cap. Mm-hmm. And big teams that are going to be angry, that are going to want to make moves, I think it's going to be exciting. And I'm excited for it. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? I hope Cole Caulfield's success makes... I hope his success makes uh, teams rethink drafting big, tall men, and instead they start going, you know what, I need a five foot eight guy too. Everybody needs a Nathan Gerby, you know. Nathan Gerby's around the world need work. All, all I'm saying is Cole Caulfield taken 15th overall, so maybe that 16th overall pick. Oh, it's going to be not him. It's not going to be Cole Caulfield. <laughs> it's going to be that <laughs> shitty 16th. Alex Newhook was 16th last year. He's pretty all right. Hey, man, that's all, that's all we're Krebs, looking for. Krebs, Thomas, Harley. Man, there were good players in this draft. Man, Tobias Bjornfoot, I know... I know very few of these players have actually made an impact in the NHL yet, but like that looks like a loaded first round. And we gave up that pick for O'Reilly in the O'Reilly deal, yeah? 2019, 2021? No? Yeah? Something like that. Yeah. I was like, because we didn't draft anybody in the 2019 draft, right? Right. Yeah. 
So sad, we but drafted, I guess it was worth We it. drafted Ryan Johnson to the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. That's something. Glad we didn't have one. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Anything else you want to say? Anything at all. Anything at all. Um, you know, I, I went to Chick-fil-A last night, and I had their spicy deluxe chicken mm-hmm. sandwich, which I normally get there. And I got to tell you, it was great. And then I thought to myself, but it's not Popeye's. Popeye's number one spicy chicken sandwich. Come at me. I think that's fair. Yeah. It's true. It's that's true. Fair. I've When I ate that sandwich yesterday, when I was done eating it, the first thing I thought was like, this was great. I wish I ate a Popeye's <laughs> spicy chicken sandwich. It was so damn good. There's an NHL team's tier list. I'm not saying we do that right now, but like, are you ranking them on terms of likeness or do i just have to put like montreal and tampa bay and <laughs> the i guess these are s tier buffalo's d tier and there we go we should do that we should i think we've done that before on like logos or whatever oh yeah oh yeah let's do logos that'd be fun not right now because it's yeah. late but in the future when we're strapped do the content. people like tier lists who knows do you even like this uh, we got a lot of feedback and none of it was positive oh yeah people were upset yeah. about the food tiers and you know what we dug our heels even harder oh, we don't care i won't back down we're lion's uns- choice we're unstoppable lion's no. choice is garbage Awful. I know that neither of us actually hate it that much. It's just not anything <laughs> just, we choose. Just, but like, yeah, it's like C, but it's not C. It's F because I choose to put it in F it's, tier. It's one of those that you've got to put in F because other put it people would put it in S, and it's just not. It's so not. I have to send a message to you <laughs> yeah. about how bad it is by making it F. This is a message, okay? <laughs> Do you fucking get it? <laughs> None of you are stupid. You gotta listen to the message and get it through your thick skulls. That what did people not like either? Oh, they didn't like steak and shake as an A. Oh yeah, which I get. Which I totally get. I think but 90%, that was also sort of a message. Ninety percent like, of steak and shake service in other places was terrible, but K Bova's was was fine. was fine, totally fine. The drive-through was oh. embarrassing. Always <laughs> those drive-throughs are like <laughs> you, you say it into the mic, and might, who knows if they got uh-huh. it. They'll say sure, but you don't know if they got your order. <laughs> I went through a steak and shake once late at night. This probably, I've got this arm on this chair that keeps, that's what you keep hearing cranking down because the arm just goes down. Isn't that a pleasant noise? Uh, <laughs> probably the last time I ever went to a steak and shake, we went like pretty late night after like, maybe it was um, my graduation from seminary or something. I don't remember what the occasion oh, was, but like, but like we went pretty late at night and like the drive through was still open and we tried to just order shakes <laughs> and they were like, Bad idea. no, it was brilliant. Cause they were like, well, the shake machine's down and we were like, Oh, and then one of the guys in the back was like, but wait, aren't they hand spun? And the, <laughs> and the guy was like, yeah, you got us. We'll make <laughs> and we got the shakes. It was K-Bova, too. That was K-Bova for sure. That's so, so funny. That may be my last ever... I think I'm almost certain it's my last ever visit to a steak and shake, and it was fantastic. So, Wow. <sighs> Sorry, Tom Timmerman tweeted, Montreal fill-in coach Luke Richardson said that during the playoffs, they had players like Edmondson and Allen, who had been there, talk about how hard it was and how much work it was needed to reach the finals. And I was like, you know what? That's dope. Like, yeah. yeah, tell us how hard this is. And then I wonder if Cole Caulfield's like, doesn't seem to be that hard, guys. It seems pretty easy for me. 
Um, man, I want Steak and Shake so bad now. People are a little too turnt for uh, Jake Allen and Joel Edmondson. Like, I love them, but they're not blues anymore. <laughs> they, kick, they, kick, they kick Petrangelo to the curb. You could get Maroon back in there if the Lightning advance. Yeah, there's no, perhaps. there's no X Blues on the Islanders, right? They have got Mayfield from St. Louis, but yeah, I mean, listen, I like both of those guys. I'm happy for them, but there are some people that are like too happy. I, I will <laughs> say it's. I get that he was a backup both times or played a backup role both times, but it's crazy to me that like Jake Allen from I don't know whatever year, 2018 uh-huh. or something, 2017, and you're like, uh. Gonna, I'm kind of over this guy. He will have, have two, two of the next five cups. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm on the cup twice. I'll be like, what? Or even Joel Edmondson of all those defensemen. I'll be like, I bet Petrangelo will be on there twice. Maybe Bo Meester will get another shot. Or Colton Pareko. And it's like, no, it's Joel Edmondson, baby. Here mm-hmm. I am again. Um, I can't stop thinking about it, Steve. I need steak and shake. Let's go know. find one. Folks, we're going on a journey to find a steak and shake. You can see it. There's that one in central Illinois. We can just hit that one up. I've been to that one. Yeah. Everybody's been to that one because it's on it's... one of those exits that like every human being in America has gotten on oh, at yeah. some point. On the way to Chicago, yep. baby. Uh, so we'll, you can find us there. We'll have a live Q&A at the uh, <laughs> Poughkeepsie, Illinois Steak and Shake from 3.30 a.m. to 4.30 a.m. <laughs> You can see us there. We'll talk to you all. headshots. We'll talk to you all real soon. Folks, don't visit a workaround. Go to a restaurant and have a great night. Good day. Didn't you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry men? It is the music of a people who will not be slaves again. When the beating of your heart echoes the beating of the drums, There is a life about to start when tomorrow comes. Will you join in our crusade? Who will be strong and stand with me? Beyond the barricade, is there a world you long to see? Then join in the fight that will give you the right to be free. Do you hear the people sing? Singing the song of